thanks for dialing into our podcast. We're the Light Church Bradford here in Yorkshire, England, a church committed to following Jesus and loving our city back to life again. We truly hope and pray this week's message helps you and encourages you on your journey, especially in these really challenging times. Be more childlike. That was so countercultural back then in the disciples' times. And let's be honest, it is so countercultural for us now. <laughs> By the time the disciples ask Jesus, who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They've been following him for a good amount of time. They've seen him do amazing things. They've just started to hear him teach on what this new kingdom, his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is like. And it doesn't take them very long to land at that place of, if there's a new kingdom, how do you become great in it? Who would be the greatest in that kingdom? And it's such an understandable question, isn't it? Because we're wired to want to achieve greatness in our lives. And yet what the world says is great and looks great and is greatness. What the kingdom says is greatness are two completely opposite and very different things. The disciples are growing up in a world where kingdom greatness is viewed as money and power and influence. Caesar Augustus is the empire at the time the emperor, I should say, at the time. And he just has a colossal amount of power. At the time the disciples are asking this question, he's at the height of his power. And somebody worked it out. I don't know who's worked this out, but in today's money, he would be worth $2.6 trillion. That is ultimate money, ultimate power, ultimate influence. And in today's world, are things really any different? Subconsciously, maybe even consciously, I think we all know that we're growing up in a world that is coaching us to become obsessed with self and what we have and what we can involve and include and get for our own lives. It's urging us to chase more money all the time so that we can have more things. It's constantly telling us that winning at life is having more stuff, buying more, experiencing more so that we can tell other people what we've got or where we've been or we can post it on social media and increase our spheres of influence and our power. It's about growing popularity and influence and status from the things that we have and the things that we can do and therefore the money that we need to be able to afford those things. It's telling us that greatness looks like becoming king or queen of our own little empires and doing everything we can to build them up well. And if we're really honest with ourselves, me included, can we admit just how much of our day-to-day -day lives are driven 
by those principles, are driven by worldly kingdom greatness. And I bet it's more than we think. So let's just have a think about that this week. And if you've said yes to Jesus, Jesus says we live in the world, but we're not of the world in John 17, meaning that we've said yes to living for his kingdom, his way, a different way. And the two don't go together. He clearly tells us in Matthew 6, you can't serve two masters. Either you'll hate one and despise the other, or you'll be devoted to one and hate the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So what does greatness look like in God's kingdom? When Jesus says, unless you change and become like little children, otherwise you won't enter the kingdom of God. He's saying, stop being driven by the things that the world tells you to be driven by as an adult to achieve greatness. Instead, change that way of living and become more childlike. And it's pretty obvious, isn't it? When Jesus says childlike, he's not saying, go on, here's full permission to have tantrums in the supermarket, to be weighted on hand and foot, to never do a hard day's work, to kick off when it's bedtime, to throw food around on the floor. No, of course he's not saying that. So what does he mean? Here's a snapshot of the life of a little child and you'll be able to pick these things out if you've been around a little child even for 10 minutes. And I want to ask you, where do you see yourself in this? Anyone who's ever been close to a little one, you know that they instinctively trust. We had Jodie and Ethan Pedley visit us last night at church for a check-in and it was so wonderful to see them and little Ethan is just this amazingly kind caring little three-year-old and I'm just getting to know him but because I'm an adult and friends with his mum he instinctively trusts me and so the level of trust that he puts on me is really precious the level of kindness and love that he's showing is so precious Children, they learn to obey and actually it's obedience that keeps them safe. They don't have any real control over anything. As much as they like to think that they do, they don't really bigger picture, do they? They come to you whenever they're upset. They cannot hide the realness of their emotions, whether it's sadness or anger or frustration or joy or laughter. It bubbles out of them. They are 100% fully dependent on you and what you provide. They watch and they learn you. Who's got a child in the family that's seen you put on makeup or wear high heels or learn to drive a car and then you walk into the room and they're trying to learn how to drive a car? They've picked up a little cushion as a steering wheel or they're walking around in your high heels. They mimic what you do. This is a good one. Children don't care what they look like. Little children have no clue 
How many of us care too much about what we look like? Little children are filled with wonder at the new things that they experience. And there is so many new things for us to experience in our relationships and as we journey with God. They rest well. (laughs) And I'm laughing here because if you're a parent, you might really contest that. And I'm so sorry if you're having such a hard time getting your child to sleep at the moment. But even so, kids sleep a lot. They need a lot of sleep. And when it's working well, they're resting well. They wake up happy to see you. Who's gone to wake a kid up from a nap or first thing in the morning? And they are so filled with joy to see you. They want to be with you. How awesome is that? Little children instinctively want to be with you. You know, we could spend an entire preach on all of those principles individually. And actually this year we've covered so many of those things already. Trust, obedience, rest in God. Let him take the lead. Remember a few weeks ago, we looked at the story of the Israelites and how God journeyed with them through Egypt and through the wilderness. If they'd have had childlike faith the whole way, their journey would have been a lot, lot easier than what it actually became. What is God saying to you as we go through this together? And I just want to encourage you that if God has nudged you as you've heard any of those things, then work them through with him during the week. Don't just forget about them after you've heard this. Identify them and work them through with him. Go deeper in your learning. Read what the Bible says about childlike faith and all the characters, some that do a terrible job, some that do an okay job, some that do a brilliant job and learn from them. What I love about this little snapshot list when we read it out in one go is that you can summarise it all by saying, make yourself smaller so that he can be made greater. Make yourself smaller so that he can be made greater. Another translation writes Matthew 18 this way, whoever takes the lowly position of a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And that word lowly in Greek is tapenos and it includes the translation of being unpretentious. Whoever is unpretentious, which means not attempting to impress others with appearance of greater importance, talent or culture than what you actually possess. Jesus is saying, get rid of pretentiousness. Stop chasing worldly greatness. Don't let the world set your benchmark of what is great. Because if it has and that's what you're chasing, it's impossible to do that and be in the kingdom of God at the exact same time. Just have a think about that. Jesus gives us some great visuals when he talks about the value that the kingdom of God places on small and humble things. He talks about them in the parables. 
the humble mustard seed that is tiny but grows into this massive, huge tree. The tiny drop of yeast that permeates through an entire batch of dough, causing it to rise, causing it to be bigger. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Be more childlike, instinctively trust, let go of control, watch and learn and see what he does. Delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Think about how you can imply, apply these instructions this week in your interaction with God in the things you're believing for, in your finances, in your dreams, your attitude towards life, in what drives you and let him lead you to a place where you recognise what you need to make smaller so that he can be made bigger. When you make yourself smaller so that he can be made bigger, you bring the humility and he brings the greatness and the kingdom multiplication. I'm going to say that again. When you make yourself smaller to make him bigger, you bring the humility and he brings the greatness and the kingdom multiplication. And we've got some awesome examples of children leading the way and doing this so well in the Bible. Little David, who takes nothing but a small stone and his giant trust in God into battle with Goliath and wins. Humble in character, but bold in belief. God takes the small that he brings and that day saves a nation. The little boy in John 6 who brings his packed lunch to Jesus to feed 5,000 people. At the point where the boy gives up his own food, he doesn't know what miracle what Jesus is going to do. He doesn't know how God's going to show up. He's made himself smaller. He's humbled himself. He's left himself with less so that others can have and look what Jesus does with it. Jesus takes his humble nature the small offering that he brings and he brings the greatness. He brings the kingdom multiplication and that day over 5,000 people are fed from a few scraps of food. What about Mary as in Jesus's mother Mary thought to be somewhere between 12 and 16 when the angel Gabriel visits her Look at her response when she's told she'll give birth to Jesus. Luke 1 verse 38 says this, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. In her humility, she makes herself smaller so that God can be glorified. And we know, don't we, that through her humility, through her surrender, God shows up and brings his ultimate greatness and she gives birth to the saviour of the entire world. She 
brought the humility. He brings the greatness. And what about our very own Rob and Jane? Would the world pick them out in a crowd? That sounds really mean, but would the world pick them out in a crowd? Are they on the Forbes richest list? Do they have millions of followers on social media? No, they don't, do they? But yet they consistently make themselves lower so that Jesus can be lifted higher. And as such, God has been able to use them in awesome and mighty ways. Did anyone get goosebumps a few weeks ago when we were sat in the car park? They shared a bit with us about the work of 5,000 plus. Did anyone else get goosebumps when they said that they are the biggest non-government organisation in Kenya? What? That is massive. That is the way of the kingdom of God. That is the parable of the mustard seed in action. You bring the humility and God brings the greatness and his kingdom multiplication. So I want to end with some real challenge for us. When Jesus asks us to become more childlike in posture, he is definitely not suggesting we stay spiritually immature. In Romans 8, it says, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs, co-rulers with Christ. And so I believe God would say to us today, have the posture of a child but have the spiritual maturity of an heir. Have the posture of a child, but have the spiritual maturity of an heir. And in 1 Corinthians and 1 Peter, we learn about this principle of spiritual baby milk and spiritual food, basically drawing a comparison to little children and older children. Little children at first, they can only have milk, can't they? That's what they eat. That's what they cope with. That's what's good for them. But as they grow up, they don't stay there. You don't have six and seven-year-olds only living on a diet of milk. They need food. They need solid food, solid nutrition. And it's the same with us. Start with where you're at with Jesus, wherever that is. But don't stop there. Learn more, go deeper, soak in more of him, spend more time with him, be sharpened, be changed, grow in your spirituality. And there's one more child in the Bible that is a brilliant example of this challenge and everything that we've touched on so far today. When God first calls the little boy Samuel, by his name, and he's one of only eight people in the Bible that God calls by name. We read at first that he didn't even recognise God's voice. He didn't know it was God speaking to him. He just didn't know, he didn't know how to recognise it. But as soon as he does, look at his response and look at the similarity to what we've read about Mary. 1 Samuel 3 says this, speak for your servant 
is listening. Absolute posture of humility from day one. And as we read on, Samuel grows up in the house of the Lord. He's learning how to listen to God more and more from that point. He's serving God. He's developing his relationship with God. He starts on spiritual milk, just learning how to recognise his voice. And as he continues to move to spiritual maturity, God raises up Samuel as the first prophet after Moses to anoint the first kings of Israel and bring word after word after word to guide God's people. Do you have the posture of a child, but are you hungry for the spiritual maturity of an heir? What needs to change in your life so that you can say yes to both those questions? What is God saying to you as you watch this? So let's start to wrap up. We've covered absolutely loads there in a short space of time. We'll continue to learn these things together. Remember that we're all on this journey as a church. We've all kind of come from this place pre-COVID and we've been journeying along and we're still somewhere in the middle, but we know that God is leading us somewhere greater. And even though our COVID restrictions are ending, it's going to take a while for things to fully settle down and for where we're heading, God doesn't want us to be bogged down with these principles after striving worldly greatness doesn't want us to be caught up in that, to be caught up in the things that drive the world forward. And I believe that God wants to set us free and deal with some of that as we watch this. And if that's you, we're just going to pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would set us free from things that drive us forward that aren't of your kingdom. Set us free from the love of money. Set us free from chasing social status and influence. Set us free from any pretentiousness in his God. That's not what you have for us. Show us how to repent. Father, we are so sorry for when we get this wrong. God, would you release freedom to us in these areas? And I believe that God also wants to lift off some tension for us this morning. Tension can be like a heavy bar that rests across our shoulders. And maybe it's the tension of living in the world, but knowing that you're not really of it. Or maybe it's the tension of hearing that we're to become more childlike and yet desiring, especially in this season, to have everything worked out, ensuring that our needs are met exactly. Maybe it's the tension of still being in this weird limbo. We're not fully going back there, but we don't fully know where we're going yet. So we're just going to pray a release from that too. Jesus said, become more childlike, give him the control. And he also said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's not up to us to have it all worked out let go. So Jesus, would you come, release your freedom from our tension as well, God, and help us to let go. And finally, let's pray for our spiritual hunger. God, would you set us on fire as a church for Jesus, for your kingdom, for the city of Bradford, grow childlike postures in us, but spiritual maturity. And show us how to journey this word in the coming days, weeks, months and 
bring the people alongside us to help us practically make some changes if we need to. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, you made it to the end. That's even more encouraging. If you'd like to find out more about who we are, visit our website at thelightchurch.org.uk. We pray God's blessing on you now as you go into the rest of your day. 